Hi, and welcome to the SalesRx Podcast. We provide actionable insights for revenue professionals looking to find the right prescription in their sales process. So let's jump right in. Welcome to all my sales RXers and first-time listeners. I'm your host and your sales doctor, Chet Lovegren, and I'm here with a new episode today for all my SDRs. We're going to be talking about the value of retargeting your inbound leads, and I have a very special guest with me today, Jill Bruno. Jill has been in the SDR space since 2014 and is currently building her third team from the ground up. And while everyone is out here trying to be a thought leader and a guru and, you know, how to write a cold, the perfect cold email and outbound cold outreach, she's really made it a mission to find ways to make inbound pay exponential dividends with not only her lead retargeting processes, but also leveraging marketing content, collaborating with marketing and making sure that people are pursuing a unified goal on that inbound demand generation. Um, With several outreach specialist certificates, she also recognizes the importance of a well-maintained tech stack and refuses to let opportunities fall through the cracks, as most SEALs teams tend to do. She is a member of Pavilion and also a mentor and advocate of Hashtag Girls Club. Jill, welcome to the show. Glad to have you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the introduction, and I'm so excited to be here because you really hit the nail on the head. There's so much focus on outbound that... I really want to be the advocate. Let's not forget about inbound because that is such an important piece to marketing, to sales and organizational growth. So I'm pumped to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're lucky to have you. I know when we were doing some conversation around the episode and what we wanted to talk about, just learning more about your background and having been in in the SDR space since 2014, nearly 10 years now, having a full passion for SDR. I know you even said you're like, I never wanted to be an AE. Like I just, I just wanted to train, mentor and coach SDRs. Like that's amazing. Everybody wants to go to AE. So to find someone who really finds that passion stays in that fold and lives there is awesome. And then I know we were talking about, you you know, your time at enterprise rent-a-car and how your career trajectory has gone from enterprise to where you're at now. So I don't want to give away the whole story, but I would love if you could take some time to walk us through your background. Tell me a bit about Jill, what you've been up to and how you got here. So yeah, I've been in the space for a while and it's funny because I feel like there's so many rules and what to do, what not to do that say, you should never be an SDR more than 12 months, more than Mm -hmm. 14 months. And I'm like, really? Because I've made a 10 year career out of it and I am never going anywhere else. So I just believe if there's anything I want you to take away from this, follow your passion, because if I did what others told me to do, I'd be a really crappy AE. (laughs) (laughs) So just stick to what you love. Um, so I was actually, I was a bartender in college, loved the, the quick money. Everything was fantastic. Didn't want to give up that, that lifestyle. But then I was like, okay, you know, should probably grow up, get a job that has a salary and benefits and put my college degree to use. Mm-hmm. So I actually, I, yeah, I went to enterprise rent-a-car because it's the best management training program ever. And I had nowhere <laughs> to, I didn't know where to turn mm-hmm. and I survived 11 months and realized I would do anything under the sun besides that. It was just a very tedious, labor-intensive job for very minimal pay, and I just knew that it wasn't for me. So one of my sister's really close friends worked for this amazing applicant tracking software company, and she goes, you know, Jill, we need inside sales reps, SDRs. Like, are you interested? I'd love to refer you. Barely knowing what the job needed, I was like, yes, I'll interview. Let me take it, you know 
I didn't know what I was getting myself into. So I got the job and I very quickly learned I loved the thrill of it. So through that company, I gained experience on the small business team, on the enterprise team. I was actually hand-selected to join an amazing international team. So I really got to dip my toes in just different customers and just different experience levels within our prospect base. And I just became so passionate about it. I loved the thrill. I loved working with new people every single day. I loved the hunt. And I was also really fortunate because that one organization, they had one of the best marketing teams I've ever worked for. So I got so much exposure into different lead sources. What an inbound lead, you know, what does it take to convert that? How, what's a good follow-up process? And I really appreciated, I'll give a shout out right now to Chris Lowry, another member of Pavilion. He really gave me the opportunity to do what I wanted in the sense of trial and error things. Uh, he didn't micromanage. So I really, that's what was really my first experience of leading a team was I had the opportunity to thrive and do what I felt was best. I could follow my gut. And that's something that I've taken away this entire, my entire career is, you know what you're doing, stick to it. And it was really because I had, you know, it all started with a really great leader. So from there, um, you know, I've worked at other companies, I've built out other teams. And again, I've really been fortunate that you know, sales just fell into my lap. I didn't pick sales, sales picked me. I know that's cliche and people, you know, laugh when, when I say that, but I just fell in love with the job. And I'm so thankful that I've had three opportunities with amazing organizations to really just build that inbound function. Yeah. I love that story. And that's really powerful to speak to, you know, you found your passion, right? Like you said, like, yeah, the AE stuff is cool, but it was my passion. The SDR thing is where it lies. And I, 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 ch- I chose to stay there. Um, also in terms of marketing, shout out to the enterprise rent-a-car management training program. We could all learn a thing or two from that marketing program because man, talk about the demand generation there, right? Like I know. <laughs> everybody, I know. everybody loves that program and it's, it's so fruitful for them. Um, you know what's funny? I still think of, if you've seen the movie Step Brothers, when Will yeah. Farrell at the end, he goes, this joint enterprise rent-a-car, great management yeah. training program. <laughs> yeah. I still laugh when I, when I hear that line. I wonder if that was really written just because it was funny or if enterprise might've actually put some marketing budget behind that, you know, you never know (laughs) little company plug. Um, So now what I'm curious to hear about is right. We've been talking about, and obviously you had success doing that. Like you said, you liked the hunt. So you, you saw that outbound and what that took and you were good at it, but you also saw this side of inbound that really interested you as well. And I think you kind of seize the opportunity. I'm sure every time you go and work with another SDR team or you started a new company running their SDR team, it probably baffles you how flawed the inbound funnel is. I'd -hmm. imagine being someone who's an expert at inbound. um, I know that you noted that, um, you know, a lot of times, companies are moving more to like AEs getting inbounds to like cut their teeth and prove that they want to be there and get some good wax at some opportunities. And there might be an elimination of the SDR team opportunity and then leads fall through the cracks because AEs aren't hired to manage inbound leads, right? They're hired to manage opportunities, not do outreach. So why do you think that's becoming so much more common? And then what are some of the drawbacks of having AEs take those opportunities and what are some of the positives of having the SDR team take those opportunities that they can do better than the AEs can't? Yeah. So it really, there's so many opinions as far as who gets the hot lead. Sometimes they just want it to be account executives or, you know, that closing sales rep where, oh, SDRs, like their, their only purpose is to go outbound because nobody else wants to do that. Mm -hmm. So my, I'm such a firm believer that 
AEs, which again, you guys are rock stars. I said, I can't do the job that you do. They don't follow up with leads the same way than an SDR would, because when it's your whole job to make sure you throw them in your sequence, you're calling as much as you need to, you're emailing, you have the messaging at the end of the day, whether it be, you know, 15, 13, however many steps you have within your duration of follow-up, if you know they end that sequence, I want everybody to know it's okay. You can go to sleep at night knowing you tried really hard because you gave it your all. When I worked for, you know, at certain times in my career, when there weren't SDR teams, I would see one call, one email up, the lead's non-responsive. Of course it's non-responsive. You didn't try. So that's just where I feel that the importance of the SDR that's what we're on. It's a great step into sales. It's a great segue into other departments because you learn so much, but I just feel like leads get such a better treatment when somebody is truly following up and there's not distractions of, you know, an AE who might have demos, negotiation, end of the month, end of quarter crazies. They're going to be worrying about that dollar amount, not that new website inbound form fill that just came in, who's expecting a call now, not in five hours. So that's just really where, and also if you think about it, you know, SDRs, whether you're outbound or inbound, you're a hunter. That doesn't mean you're a closer. AEs, you should be there because you're really good at closing. And even the account management side, you're a fantastic relationship builder. That doesn't mean you could do it all. So if you're a 360 AE, maybe you're not that good at hunting. You're just good at closing or vice versa. So that's why I really like the segmentation of stick to what you're really, really good at And you're going to impact, make a positive impact to every single person along the way, because you're going to work those awesome leads that are interested to make sure you set up the best demos for AEs. So they close the best customers for AMs. So it really, it starts with us. It starts with the SDR team. Yeah. And, and I probably, I've been told I say this because I work with SDRs, but I am such a fan of specialization. I talked with Tyler Lindley about this on the sales lift podcast when he had me on AEs, you're not paying them to go make cold calls or respond to leads. Mm -hmm. You're just not like they're making the money they make because they're going to close the deals. Mm -hmm. And that is such a distraction to say, Hey, you have to generate two opportunities per week or whatever, like whatever the metric is, spend 25% of your time getting your own prospects because then you struggle with rules of engagement. Now an Mm -hmm. AE self-generating a deal because they have a self-gen quota. The SDR Mm -hmm. is like, well, I was working it. And they're just right outside those touch rules. Like it just provides so many more issues. So that's, that's my, my incredibly unpopular opinion is that AE shouldn't have to prospect. That's a whole, Mm -hmm. that's a whole nother conversation. I know. And it's really, like you said, what comes first, the chicken or the egg who touched Mm -hmm. it first, who gets the credit. So that's why I do like to have good rules of engagement. And listen, I get organizations, they're going to all have different opinions. And, you know, even just to share a story of, you know, I learned a lot, but it was, it was a tough lesson that I learned. So I worked at a company where I was brought in to build the SDR team. I was pumped because I knew some people who worked there, heard great things. I was ready to take it on. To make a very long story short, the CEO left, the CMO who hired me, you know, he got kicked out the door. This manager changed. I had this vision and I had to keep resetting because I went through nine managers in one year. I will pause and repeat. I went through nine managers in one year where every single person promised me the world. You're going to run the team. You're going to build the team. Up, oh, they're fired. Now I need to explain to this new person, you know, so-and-so told me this. Can we still continue this time frame by, you know, this date and time where I can get that title? So, you know, I made a lot of sacrifices and a lot of time, but it was such lessons learned because, you know, I had that exposure to really build everything from scratch to work on areas that nobody noticed from inbound. Nobody had looked at where the leads went. Nobody realized statuses weren't being updated 
you know, properly, you know, that nurtured lead for non-responsive, guess what? That's your cold call list next month. Your yeah. closed loss opportunities that came from the website, give those a call because they went to our website for a reason. Not mm -hmm. even to mention a pandemic where people went through so much craziness. You know, there's real life scenarios that they might've been non-responsive because they could have been facing a medical challenge given yeah. the last two years. There's so many real reasons that we can always go back and tap into that pool, which it does become a bit colder, but you can reference like, hey, Chad, I noticed you went to our website six months ago and we weren't able to reach you. Um, I'm sorry, maybe the timing was off, but I'm really excited to see if maybe now is a better opportunity. You'd be so surprised with such a basic opening statement. How many people are like, you know what? I'm so sorry. I know, you know, this happened. My car broke down. I was moving and then I bought a dog and then I had to walk. Like you get the craziest stories as an SDR, but that's some of the easiest opportunities and the best, you know, excuse me, most satisfying wins that you can get just by tapping into that. But even to, you know, ramble here, but to go on a side note back to, we were saying with like the AE versus SDR, the company I mentioned. So it took me a year of being a team lead, nine managers. To, I finally got my management title. It was, I remember it was November. I was pumped. I yeah. worked my <laughs> ass off. I was like, this is amazing. I had hired three reps, crushing quota, banging 75 calls a day. Like amazing. I implemented outreach, redid Salesforce. I had such a good machine that I was so ready to scale. And then we actually got a new CEO. Um, I could say he's kind of like the Jordan Belford of sales. So he had a very different mindset that was a little stuck in the eighties where yeah. he just wanted reps to prove themselves. So we brought in a sales trainer who was not great, <laughs> not great at all. And he made the ultimate decision to eliminate the BDR team because reps were not closing as well as we'd like. So if they wanted to prove that they wanted to be here, they were to receive all the leads and like that my team was gone. So there's definitely some ups and downs, but you know, my lesson there is just stick to what you know, because that opportunity led to the next, which now led me to my opportunity here of building a team for the third time. So, you know, I, the best I could say is I learned a lot along the way. In terms of that sales trainer, I'm sure all of his information was accompanied with a yellow pages book as well. So that everybody <laughs> can call out of with a hardwired yeah. landline. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it was tough. It would definitely stung to lose my team, but at the same yeah. time, it allowed for other opportunities. And mm -hmm. it also, like I said, it, it let me know my passion that right now, you know, I work for an amazing company, Rocket Reach. So, you know, we're a data provider. So emails, phones, you know, all the contact information that you need to get in touch with people. And, you know, it's a thriving market. There's so much that I can do and build. And even just the past year, I'm so glad to have been a part of the SDR creation mm -hmm. because now not only do I have an inbound team that is absolutely crushing their quotas, you know, I have an opportunity to also build an outbound team. So yeah. my priority was the leads because those are your highest conversions. And then we're filling in the gaps with some outbound pieces. So every door leads to the next. <laughs> yeah. And what's cool is the sales dev world is your passion and the product that you're selling is very, very contingent on the success of sales dev, right? Like this is a product that sales dev people are like, yes, we need this. We need to find out where we can connect with people. How do we connect yeah. with them? Um, you, you brought up an interesting thing about your cold lead lists made up of retargeted leads. I want to dive into that a little bit. Um, probably this is probably more for some SDR managers out there, or team leads that are responsible for generating these lists, but walk us through, if you can, what you coach people on in terms of like, Hey, this is what you should be doing with leads 
that you never established contact or never converted into an op. What does your cadence look like? What does your messaging look like? How often do you run those lists? What's the last activity filter that you run like for last date of activity? Tell us a little bit about your process and what you coach people on. So regardless of the level you're at, who you are, what your title is, the best advice that I can give you in sales is to be really, really intentional. Have the vision of the outcome that you want. Be intentional in the words and actions that you choose. So that way you're always striving for success. You know, remember what you can control and what you can't. And don't get too consumed with either of them because your heart, your job is hard enough. Don't make it harder on yourself. So from an inbound perspective, we can't control to some degree, you know, the volume. We can't control if they give us a bad number. We can't control, you call them a million times and they're not going to answer. But what we can control is what did you say in that voicemail? If they did answer the phone and they say, I have two seconds before a meeting, what? What are you saying in that two seconds they're giving you? What is your LinkedIn messaging saying? How are you standing out amongst the crowd? Even if it's an inbound lead, because guess what? With inbound, are they interested? Yes. But are they looking at competitors? You bet your, you bet they are, because guess yeah. what? They're looking for that type of product. So mm-hmm. how do you differentiate from all the other competitors that you know they're evaluating? You are not the only demo. So always remember that. So really lead with, again, that intention of what did they do? What did they say? And use it against them, not in a negative way, but what did their inbound inquiry say? Did they give you some of your qualifying questions right there? Did they say something that you know you don't provide so you can start the conversation? I'm not sure that we're for you. I really don't want to waste your time, but I noticed your message said X, Y, and Z about your organization. Or, hey, I'm so excited to talk to you. I see you have a sales team of 30 reps. You need a contact data provider to build your outbound team. Awesome. Let's get the conversation started on their words. So you're always going to intentionally repeat them. So that way they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. I did say that. You know, even when you're following up with that lead, you know, call me next week. Okay, certainly. Let, I just sent you a calendar invite for the same time next week. This The agenda is going to be recapping, you know, what we just spent five minutes talking about. So mm-hmm. that's really the, the great advice that I can give you. And back to what I started with, remember what you can control and you can't. Yeah. You can't control if your MQLs don't hit. You know, hopefully you have a really awesome marketing team that they're working their butts off to do that. But maybe you're getting spammed. You're getting bot attacked. Like there are certain things that can impact that. So you can't control that. But what you can control is, okay, maybe, you know, you're not, you're midway through the month. You're not where your goal needs to be. Now what? Mm-hmm. You're in sales for a reason, not to sit, you know, sit in your chair and just sit back and wait. Work with your manager, sales ops, your Salesforce admin. Somebody in your organization can help you. And maybe, you know, other tools, if you're not using Salesforce as your CRM, get a list, pull every single lead within the past quarter, 90 days, hell, the past year, who was nurtured for a specific reason? Mm. You know, what were your close loss opportunities? You know, maybe there was a, a demo that sticks out to you because you crushed it. Maybe your product can work with other departments or other areas of the business. Maybe you called, you worked with East Coast. Now you want to call West Coast. There's so many opportunities which you can control to use that bucket without it always being that pure cold call list. So whether it be nurture programs, there's just so much to do because like I said, there's so many reasons people fall off track. Part of your job is picking them back up. And sometimes people just need that nudge. They need that reminder of like, Oh crap, you're right. I do need that. Like now's a better time to talk about it. So there really is so much that you can control. And like I said, don't stress yourself out, but push yourself to do more. 
Yeah. The more you do, the better you're going to look and you're going to thrive in your career. Like never sit back and just wait. Mm-hmm. And you can control the inputs. So focus on what you can control. Yeah, control your activity. Yeah. You know, that's really, you know, control if you're leaving voicemails or not, or what your pre-recorded voicemails is drop a voicemail. You know, there's just so many ways to make the intentional choices to succeed. And that's again, any position in life. Yeah. I love how, um, nowadays there's so many like managers and leaders and coaches that have actually done these roles before very successfully that have gotten to where they get that now reps have to start seeing that we say these things about intentional activity and inputs, not just because we're like, make more cold calls. It's not even just that, right? Like what I always tell reps, like, what are you doing to make sure you can get in front of that person? Well, I called them and emailed them. Okay. Did you do a LinkedIn voicemail? Mm-hmm. Did you send them a video email? Vidyard plugs in directly to LinkedIn. Now there's like no excuse, you know, like people <laughs> no, talk about I hear you. like gifting. How, what do I gift them? everybody's alma mater is on their LinkedIn. Just send them something from their alma mater and, and make, yeah. make it, make it relevant in some way. You know um, it's, it's, it's really about like, Hey, do you want to just go through the motions or are you trying to accomplish something? Mm-hmm. And I love that you kind of say that thing about, you know, control, control what you can control, but you have to focus on that activity. Mm-hmm. Um, you brought up a really interesting point about marketing and, and raising your hand and working alongside and cross collaboration. Can you talk a little bit about ways? I, I feel like most reps look at marketing as like the people that are responsible for bringing me leads. Like mm-hmm. that's not a slight to marketing. That's what most reps think, unfortunately, when marketing does so much more. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what successful reps do when it comes to collaborating with marketing or leveraging what marketing does to make sure that they're successful when it comes to inbound? So I'll start by saying, I hope you have a manager that can drive this relationship. And if you don't, control building it yourself. Yeah. Um, not to sound corny, but the term marketing is so true because mm-hmm. I hate when sales blames marketing, the leads aren't good enough, but then, you know, marketing blames sales. They're not following up. Like there should never be a battle. It should be the best relationships within the organization because you want to be close with your coordinators. You need to understand where is this traffic coming from? Did they fill out a form? What did that form say? Maybe they opened a couple emails. What were the what was the body of that email that they keep opening and opening and they're clicking on landing pages? You have to understand the full story, which I really don't think you can do without a close relationship with marketing of how, what sequence do they go into? How are you going to have that conversation? Because if they were just an ebook download, you better read that ebook before you start calling those download lists. So that way you can bring relevance to the conversation. Yeah. That might be a warm or cold lead still a lead, but again, as opposed to they went to your website and they came right into your face and they're like, let's book a demo. So you really have to understand where they're at in their journey and what's going to interest them. Again, what content are they consuming? Are they on your LinkedIn? You need to have full exposure into everything. So that way you can succeed. And that's going to be based on your relationship with marketing. Cause I don't expect, you know, an entry level rep, maybe fresh out of college joining sales. They may not know anything about lead sources. So it's good to not only track them, have the conversations, ask so many questions, because that's what I succeeded early on as an SDR in doing was I had my, my people, I had my tribe and I learned so much from them, which helped me have better conversations and also understand what should be a long follow-up. When do I give up a little quicker? Because it's so hard. You want to follow up with that lead forever and ever. And if you blink and you're 60 days in, you just wasted way too much of your time. So I really believe in that piece. And then to go further on that topic, 
again, with the support of, you know, your ops team and managers, you also need to have equal distribution. So I kill myself to make things fair. I probably have more gray hair than I should have just by really, really making things fair. And it's because I was an SDR. I know what ticks people off and I know what keeps teams happy. So Mm -hmm. I'm actually right now, my heart's pounding, but we implemented a tool deployed last night into production today. So we're figuring a few hiccups out, but it's been a really great experience. Um, We're working with a company called Lean Data and it allows for a very sophisticated round robin. So for my inbound SDR team, I care about quality because it stinks. Like, how would you feel, Chet? Oh, you just got five website leads who are instant demos and convert at 40%. And then by happen of round robin, oh, geez, I just got five white book down, you know, e-paper, whatever, e-book downloads. They're not really ready to convert. That stinks because you just got easier leads. I got harder leads. And then the team gets frustrated. So what I'm doing is I'm creating round robin buckets for inbound. So you get a website, you get a website, you get a website. Okay. You get a (laughs) webinar lead, you get a webinar. So that way the volume and the quality is equal. So everybody has a fair, fair chance. You know, we're in sales to succeed. And I really just want to make sure that it's a very level playing field. So that way, those that are actually excelling, it's because you're working really hard and maybe people that aren't doing as well. Okay. Let's dive into the types of leads that you had. Let's role play it out a bit more because maybe you're just struggling in this area. Either way, it's okay, but without equality and the types of leads each individual is working, if it's not fair, how, how do you help lead that team? So that's like a big takeaway for anybody listening, or if you need me to help you talk to your managers about how to get a good process in place, that is the true foundation and evolution of a scaling inbound team. And again, as, as we were saying earlier, it's interesting because now we're in a place in this world where a lot of leaders have done the job before. So you have that empathy walking into it, knowing like, mm-hmm. I know what it's like to get five website downloads sent to someone else because around Robin or other people on my team. And then I got two content down, content <laughs> MQLs back to back. It's why I always love like some of the best and most collaborative AEs are people that were SDRs. You know, Hey, I know you talked to this person two months ago and they weren't ready. I randomly had it on my list. I started calling them. They generated an opportunity. I'm just going to give you the SQO credit for it because I know you were working. It probably warmed them up. I know it was like to be an SDR. I know it was literally two days out of touch rules before ops sent the lead list over to me. And I, you know, like you said, business needs change over time, right? So the timing Mm -hmm. might be different. I got a hold of it. I know you were doing the work. I'm going to put you on the op anyway. You know what I mean? We're in this together as opposed to like, well, it's two days past. It's mine. You know, it's that collaborative environment that, but it's, it's like what they always say, right? They always say everybody, every, everybody in the world should work in a restaurant one month in college. Mm -hmm. So they know what it's like to be in the service industry I know, (laughs) because they'd be completely different. People would be so much more empathetic. I feel like it's very similar um, now with not only leadership, but like those relationships between account executives, STRs, Mm -hmm. marketing, things like that. And I'm glad you bring that up because I didn't really talk too much about rules of engagement. And that's also a huge piece Mm -hmm. because, you know, in theory, your outbound team, they have the emails, the calls, they are hitting your whole ICP, your personas and target. Guess what? Most of them are going to ignore you. Not saying you're doing a bad job, but cold calling is hard. What happens when you're going after this organization who ignore you and then they come inbound? Yeah, You'd be pretty ticked off if you were like, no, I drove that inbound traffic. So mm-hmm. you have to give love to both teams and I'll even call out. So I have a time frame in place that lean data is allowing me to accomplish that if it's an active outbound account, one of my, I call them ADRs. One of my ADRs is working. 
it's actually going to skip the round robin bucket for the inbound team and it's going to go directly to that individual so that way they can say hey listen you know i had a conversation with so and so or i've you know if previous conversations happen they can tell that story for all the hard work that they you know are putting into that account so that way you know they can run with it from there so i think that's very important and you know also too like you said you work a lead they flirt with you they lead you on you you can taste the demo and then they stop answering mm. and you call every day for the next five weeks. I mean, not telling, don't do that, but <laughs> you know, you put your heart and soul into, you know, they're interested. And then you finally nurture that lead for non-responsive or whatever mm. your reasons may be. Then they come inbound and your neighbor gets it like, mm -hmm. no, you just spent a month of your life chasing that. So have rules of engagement. If activity is within 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, they can still work that opportunity or that lead or whatever that situation is, or the close loss opportunities, just make it fair. So that way everybody has a really good shot to get the results out of the effort that they put in. And your point earlier, that's only achievable if you honor your tech stack and then put the tools and enablement in front of people, you can't manually manage that. You no. know, it's just, it's near impossible. If that comes back in inbound and SDR fields it, they send it over to an AE that someday randomly a BDR and ADR is looking at it and is like, wait, that was still in inside of rule inside of touch rules mm -hmm. for me, but just because it came out in came back inbound, it's not going towards outbound. Marketing is getting credit for an MQL, SDR is getting credit for an inbound discovery call, AE is getting credit for whatever happens mm -hmm. from there on out. But when you think of like a typical marketing funnel, AIDA, awareness, interest, desire, action, BDRs and ADRs are doing the AI part of it, right? They're generating the awareness, they're they're you know building that interest, but they just didn't take action with us. And mm -hmm. we tend, I think we're so quick to forget that sometimes because it might not even be the same person. You might be targeting VP of sales. It might be the CMO that comes mm -hmm. in the funnel dollars to donuts. They had a conversation about your company at some point. Like it's, it, especially in this day and age, unless your Salesforce drift outrage, like some of the, one of the, some of the huge companies, right. Where oh, everybody sure. knows who exists, but I know. If, even like a pavilion, if you're a pavilion, most likely somebody that we had targeted already had that conversation somewhere mm -hmm. along the road. But to your point, it can only happen if you put the emphasis on tech stack and enablement and figure out how to put those processes in place. Oh yeah. No, I even, I said to you earlier, it's so funny. So when I had started as an SDR, I had Salesforce classic with a desktop phone, no click to dial, no sequencing tool. I did not think it life could get better. And yeah. when I worked international, I had to dial like seven numbers just to make an international call, then the country code, then the number. So I had like a callus on my finger from all the dials. And, you know, it's crazy to see where sales has evolved because right now I need outreach. If I was to interview tomorrow for a new role, I'd be like, okay, are you getting me outreach? Not that mm -hmm. I am. I love my job. Uh, you know, but there are certain pieces of the tech stack, even working for a data provider. I wouldn't have an outbound team if we did not have the data accuracy and the unlimited searches to make sure that we can hit the organizations, the companies to build lists, to see their org chart. I, you, you can't survive on an outbound if you don't have means of getting their contact information. You know, yeah. even that little add on for the round robin piece with lean data, there's just so many tools out there. Even one that I've, I've become very fond of is I use a tool called Atrium. So that way it helps me as a leader track success, explain why and maybe track areas of improvement and explain why. Everything is about telling a story, which you cannot do without, you know, that tech stack. But again, learning the hard way, I feel is why I succeeded. Because as I mentioned, I used to, my process used to be, I'd have a Salesforce task. 
and I'd put a one for my first attempt, a two, three. So however many times I contacted them, that would be my number in the front with notes. So you can imagine a month of back and forth conversations. Mm -hmm. That's what I would be reading. So my sequence was in my head. So that's where I feel like one of my strengths as a leader is take it from my brain, put it into outreach. And that's what I know has worked, but I kind of learned it all without the guidance. I just, I figured it out and it's been really great. So yeah, yes. and I, trust and, I, and love your tech stack. I love to see how much excitement you have around it because if we had more leaders like that, a sales dev would probably be a much, much more happy place for a lot more reps. <laughs> I, yeah, I and wanna... own it. You know, you got to own it. That's the biggest thing. Like mm-hmm. if you want to learn something else, hit the help button, take their courses, do the knowledge center, you know, don't ever let somebody else be the reason you say you're not succeeding. If you want to learn network, if you want to find somebody who's really great at something, it takes one post in pavilion for a hundred people to jump at you. So ready to help. You mentioned my involvement in girls club. It's a huge org, you know, organization and community for women supporting women in sales leadership. So, and that's where I'm happy to help too, but take it Take your control, take your career into your control, grab it by the horns and you will be successful. Do not sit back and wait for anything to happen because if you want it, fight for it. Yeah. And even today we're here because of a mutual associate who is yeah. in pavilion, who is on my podcast. <laughs> and that's yeah. there the connection make, is made. Yeah. You know? Networking um, goes so far. It I really wanna- does. I want to, I can't wait for the day that I can get to your world with your tech stack. Cause I'm, I'm turning into a dinosaur because I'm still living with a lot of that data and spreadsheets. Um, oh, geez. Don't, yeah, don't so, break my heart. <laughs> I know. So as, as these tools get more affordable and faster, I can only see like people like me who are like spreadsheet wizards, like just going out of style. Cause people are like, Oh, we don't need something comp. Somebody to figure out some complicated on spreadsheets anymore. We have a software that does it. It's really intuitive. And I'm like, Oh crap. And it also um, depends your volume, you know, cause like yeah. from even an inbound perspective, what can your team handle and manage? Like I find a sweet spot for inbound is maybe 300 MQLs per month. Cause I feel like that gives enough flexibility. If some fall off, you still have enough to keep busy. Or if they tick up a little bit above, yeah, you're going to hustle a little bit more, but you're not going to be burning the candle from both ends. And you're just burnt out because I mean, that's a great problem. You have so many leads, but you really need to have that balance. So, you know, pending what your volume is start on Excel, but again, the goal is to grow that. So you got to get off it. We can't, we can't keep doing that. So I'll, I'll help you out. (laughs) I love it. Well, I know we're running up on time here, but today has been really informative. I think when it comes to inbound, you hit on some really important things about like, you know, what you should be retargeting, how you should be approaching it, even like the timing of it. Talked about rules of engagement, specialization between SDRs and AEs also touched on the importance of tech stack. I think there's a lot of valuable stuff for not only individual contributors, but, you know, managers, leaders, and people in operations to take away from today. I wanted to see if you had any final thoughts to leave everybody with before we wrap up the episode. Uh, So I would say my best advice that I, I feel that I keep repeating myself here, but stay very curious, ask a lot of questions. I don't care if you're in your first role as an SDR or if you're a very seasoned CEO, you can keep learning keep asking questions, you know, and really, like I said, network, because if you're not an expert at something, that's okay. Maybe your manager isn't either. That is okay. Mm -hmm. But there's so many communities, some paid, some free LinkedIn. There's so many resources, really take advantage of finding people that can help you. And I promise you, you're going to do well. Like I said, don't sit, sit back and wait for it to happen. Don't wish for it. You have to work for it. And I promise if you put in the work, you're going to blink like me and be 10 years into a sales career 
managing a team, living, you know, living your dream job. So really just be confident. I promise you're on the right track. Just keep going. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Um, Jill, if people are listening today and they go, wow, I want to, I want to sync up with Jill or, Hey, I'd love Jill to show my SDR team a thing or two, or, Hey, Jill, can you coach me up a little bit? How do we get in touch with you? What's the best way to connect with you on social media or in other avenues? So, no, I love that. And I actually do have a lot of SDRs I mentor. I have a lot of, you know, networking groups. So I love that. I thrive off of it. So I am happy to help anybody any way that I can. So my LinkedIn, I'll, geez, what's my name? I think I'm just Jill Bruno. That's bad. I don't know if I'm Jill or Jillian. Yes, <laughs> Jill Bruno. I never know if I have my full name or not. So super simple, J-I-L-L Bruno. And not to say we don't talk about Bruno. It's a tough time to be a Bruno if you've seen it in, can- yeah. in Canto, but just Jill Bruno. And my email is very simple. It's Jillian, J-I-L-L-I-A-N at rocketreach.co. So please feel free to shoot me a LinkedIn message, an email, and I would love to chat with anybody further. Awesome. I love it. And yeah, my, my two-year-old is not speaking the way he needs to yet. So when we sing the, we don't talk about Bruno, he just <laughs> wings his head around and goes, no, no, no. That's all he knows. He, knows, he, so sing funny. The he just swings it first started it. with Luca where they're like, silencio Bruno. And now it's, we don't talk about Bruno. So I'm like, oh man, tough time to be a Bruno, but that's all right. The craziest thing stuff. is because he's experiencing all of this stuff for the first time, we're actually, he, he's really into like the Moana stuff right oh, yeah. now, even though I'm like, that's old news, Harrison, that, what are you into Moana for? We're on, we're on Encanto. Like, come on. I'm not like, gonna lie, <laughs> I like those though. So my daughter has them on repeat mm-hmm. and I'm secretly in the background dancing. I'm like, yeah, yeah we're singing the song. So <laughs> at least they're good movies. <laughs> yeah. That Dwayne Johnson song is forever going to be stuck in my head. That's his You're favorite welcome. one. And oh, it, I know it. That was my daughter's <laughs> first favorite song. I unfortunately know every word to it, but all good. <laughs> so entertaining. I love it. I um, know. Well, appreciate you taking the time to be on the show with us today. I know I got a lot of valuable information out of it. It was really nice to hear somebody, you know, nice change of pace to hear someone talk about inbound. If you're interested in engaging with the SalesRx community further, for all the listeners out there, you can find our podcast page on LinkedIn. Um, You can also connect with me on LinkedIn myself and check out my um, website where we have access to other sales resources and um, invitations to our SDR to AE program. If you're interested in being promoted to AE down the road and just aren't really sure what to do outside of hitting quota. Other than that, uh, we'll look forward to seeing everybody on the next episode. And thank you all for your time. Thank you, Jill. Thanks so much. Thank you.